And I believe people are gonna step up. I believe people wanna do something and I believe that we're gonna show not just um, how strong and resilient Detroiters and Michiganders are, but we're gonna show how we can come to, together collectively. This is not the first uh, pandemic. This is not the first crisis that we faced. Um, um, what's interesting about this is that it's happening to the world. When you think about um, what PAL stands for, you know, our mission is about helping youth find their greatness. And we have a model that we follow that is very relevant today. And it's um, focusing on great after the game. The G is goal setting, R is resilience, E is embracing healthy lifestyles, A is accountability, and T is teamwork. So when you think about some of those letters and, and what they mean, um, it's never more relevant than now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Powering Up, our cross-generational podcast about leadership, power, and gender. I'm Ann Doyle, author of Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. My co-host, Monica Doyle, will be back next week. We're recording this episode on April 10th, 2020, just a few days before Easter. If you are a regular listener, you know that our home base is the Motor City Woman Studio here in the Detroit area. We're all working virtually now, of course, following our governor's stay home orders and wearing masks and gloves if we absolutely must go out. And Detroit is currently one of the worst COVID-19 hotspots in the United States with 20,000 cases and 953 deaths to date in our state of Michigan and counting. And if you're paying attention, you're also aware that African-Americans and Hispanics are disproportionately impacted by this deadly pandemic. And my guest is on the front lines of this fight that is being waged not only in our hospitals, but also in the homes and neighborhoods of at-risk communities in particular. Rob Jamerson is the CEO of the Detroit Police Athletic League. Detroit PAL has been building character and fitness through sports and leadership programs for boys and girls for over 50 years. And when this deadly crisis hit, they immediately pivoted to help catch youth and families who are dangerously close to falling through the gaping holes in our social safety nets. Here's our conversation. Hi, Rob, how are you, your PAL team, and the thousands of youth and families that you serve doing right now? Yeah, surprisingly, we're doing great. I mean, when you think about um, what PAL stands for, you know, our mission is about helping youth find their greatness. And we have a model that we follow that is very relevant today. And it's um, focusing on great after the game. The G is goal setting, R is resilience, E is embracing healthy lifestyles, A is accountability, and T is teamwork. So when you think about some of those letters and, and what they mean, um, it's never more relevant than now. So we did a survey of our families and some of our youth, and the feedback that we got was that, yes, there's concern, there's uncertainty, and there's loss. And um, trying to figure out where they can find resources when some of them are being um, laid off. Um, there's concern about um, resources coming to them, such as like medical equipment and things like that. And so after the survey, we began to, to really look and say, what role do we need to play during this time? And how do we align those resources and things that we found out in the survey? So 
Um, we are surprisingly um, uh, doing well now financially from a uh, company or organizational standpoint. Um, we were devastated, you know, quite honestly, when you start thinking about um, all of our revenue streams ending at once and just pretty much scrapping our budget. Um, so we had meetings with board members. We had to make some difficult decisions uh, from a staffing standpoint to really see what was going to be the best direction for individually for our team, but also for the organization. Uh, so uh, um, we've made those adjustments and really um, began to start pressing forward. So I know that you have um, suddenly pivoted, obviously, in terms of um, being able to continue to serve your community despite this. Um, what are the new things that you're doing now? Wow, so, so it starts with listening to our, our youth and understanding what they needed at this time, and more importantly, the families. So um, we decided to see uh, what was gonna be the best approach um, and knowing how we could leverage our, our uh, mentors and then leverage our platform. So we went virtual right away. Um, tremendous uh, team in Maria Franklin, who uh, runs our youth enrichment program, and David Greenwood with operations and programming. Um, we shifted to identifying what some of those challenges were. So we started off with what we do well and we do every day is keeping them active. So we put some activity challenges out there, um, put a little competitive component. component. Um, so you'll see on our site, um, if you go to it, DetroitPal.org, you'll see, or our website, you'll see um, the youth um, playing and going outside and being active. Our mentors are demonstrating it. Our team members are demonstrating it. So it's really fun and encouraging for people that see that. It takes them away from what they're experiencing right now. In addition to that, we understood that there were a, a, a other needs that they may have educationally. So uh, during the month of March, we uh, stuck with that theme and had our officers, including me, um, reading to them and uh, being able to get that information out to them as well, mimicking what we would hope our parents would be doing. And then we, we do know that it's tough if you're a parent and now you're home and you got your kids running around, you're still maybe trying to do work. Um, so we put some different things on how to cope as a parent, how to keep your youth active during this time. So uh, we're doing everything we can at this time to meet those needs. And then we're also knowing and understanding the importance of having factual information available. We put some responses from COVID-19 uh, data as well as tying them into the city, uh, information that's on there as well. You're really a natural hub for information, but I know you're getting ready to launch um, a new initiative specifically related to COVID-19 that you're calling Six Degrees of Separation, Checking In Saves Lives. Tell us about that. So the Six Degree of Separation campaign is pretty simple. It's a grassroots, person-to-person, volunteers willing to go on and as a trusted source, and then getting timely, but more importantly, factual information out to the community. Um, it's unfortunate, but social media can drive uh, information that's not necessarily always the best or the most accurate information. And so we know that when we serve the community, um, we meet and have to address all of the needs. Most people think of us still as a youth organization, but we're so much more than that. So the six degree of separation is pretty simple. It's doing two things. It's allowing people to give their time, reach out, to six people that they're connected with or people that they know need to hear this message. And we're reaching out and being able to connect with them to see what platform is gonna be best. 
Is it text because we know everybody has phones? Is it email? Is it social media? Is it sending them to our website to get that information? That's, that's what we're aligning to doing. And then we're challenging other people. We're a competitive organizations, so we're challenging other people to say, you pick six people and you do the same. So that, that's in a nutshell what it is. It's getting resources. We believe it's gonna go viral. We believe it's gonna connect not just Michiganders, but it's gonna mich, um, reach beyond that. We hope it changes the world. So who can participate in this beyond PALS, mentors, and volunteers? Great question. So we've partnered with uh, about seven or, or so local universities, and we're having everyone um, that has a, an ear and has a platform to reach people to connect to them. Yes, we got t-shirts made. They're, they're wonderful shirts. <laughs> Proceeds go to support not just the nonprofit Detroit Police Athletic League, but also the Small Business Association, the t-shirt company. Um, so t-shirt company was thrilled because they had pretty much shut down. They were a company that was broad and able to um, reach um, many people. But once this um, took place, uh, they shut down, had to go home. And so first thing we did was um, we partnered with you, Ann, and you reached out and, and got us in touch with Creative Tea. And um, they quickly jumped on board. They understand the, understood the importance of what we were trying to do. And um, they're doing everything they can to have us ready uh, to launch this um, relatively soon. I know you're encouraging people to put on that t-shirt, get on the phone, get on their computer and do a selfie to um, kind of give this um, visual life on social media too. Absolutely. We have hashtags ready to go. Hashtag COVID six degrees. Um, we, we're uh, hashtag six degrees of separation uh, COVID-19. So we, we are putting some things out there um, that can get this going. The thing is, we don't want anyone um, to, to be left behind, right? During this time, sometimes tragedy brings out the greatness and um, the really uh, caring uh, society that we live in. And I believe people are going to step up. I believe people want to do something. And I believe that we're going to show not just um, how strong and resilient Detroiters and Michiganders are, but we're gonna show how we can come to together collectively. This is not the first uh, pandemic. This is not the first crisis that we faced. Um, um, what's interesting about this is that it's happening to the world, right? And, and All at the same time. Yeah, the same time. It's, 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 it's something that um, you have a chance when your eyes open up to be able to make your dash um, meaningful during this time. You know, who can you help beyond yourself during this time is something that I believe in. And I think others truly will get that satisfaction when they pick up the phone and make someone's day just by saying, how are you doing? You know, you know, what do you need? How can I help you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is really a test of our values and who we are. I know that you have a spectacular, um, beautiful facility uh, at the PAL headquarters in Detroit on the site of the uh, longtime Tiger Stadium. Um, I understand there's some possibilities of using that facility also to help during this crisis. What's going on with that? Yeah, we're, we're well on our way. We um, kind of knew that programming and some of the things that we were doing with our uh, event space and our facility um, just didn't seem like it was going to happen in a way that um, uh, we can maximize the facility. And so we really started brainstorming as one of our pivot points to see how could we repurpose the facility. So I immediately reached out to some of my contacts, um, Tyrone Carter, Congressman, uh, Joe Tate, Congressman, uh, some of our uh, Rocket Mortgage 
uh, teammates, um, people from the city. And we start thinking about how could we use this historical site um, that was conveniently located off of expressways um, that had the space that could um, do a multitude of uh, different types of services or things. And um, uh, we looked at repurposing. So right now we're well on our way um, to partnering with a medical equipment company um, that will use and leverage our event space and our courtyard areas um, to be able to be a, a distribution center and staging site and potentially could roll into um, a uh, manufacturing area. But what it allowed was, and it shows the importance of collaborating, is that it allowed for those manufacturing companies to use more of their space to be able to um, manufacture more equipment, um, such as the gowns, the mask, and some of the ventilators. And it allows for us to use our space. Um, the challenge is, is that going from an event space to a manufacturing space, there's a significant drop in dollars, right? There's significant <laughs> mindset change uh, that you have to have. So imagine one event could get you $3,500 to $6,000 uh, or more for a wedding or an event. Um, uh, manufacturing space is $1.67 uh, per square foot uh, for the month. <laughs> so, oh, oh, wow, wow. Uh, that and um, the need to uh, be able to supplement the events that may be canceling and the dollars that we're um, potentially using from a revenue stream. But the, the, the mission right now is it's saving lives, right? It has the potential to be able to help our frontline workers um, who are in the medical industry. Um, I believe PAL's you know, staff is frontline workers of what we do as well. We just do it in a different way. We're awareness and access. You know, the eyes of um, the nation are on Detroit right now because this is one of the hot spots in the United States of this crisis. And on top of that, um, there's growing uh, devastating evidence about the disproportionate impact of this crisis on the African-American community. And I know a large part of um, your uh, families and youth and uh, obviously residents in Detroit area are African-Americans. Um, can you share what you know about uh, this impact? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, when things like this occur, you really have to take the time to reflect and think about um, your travels and why you are where you're at in the position that you're in to be able to do the things you're trying to do. So I think about my medical background and being and working at Pfizer. So we were in the trenches looking and understanding um, the comorbidities that um, the African-American community faces as well as the Hispanic community faces at, at some times. Um, and what um, is coming out even more is that um, many people may be shocked by it, but um, when you've been around it and you have family members that are affected by some of the comorbidities um, that sometimes are hereditary, um, you, you inherit some of these because of, um, you know, the, the position that you're in with your family. Um, you also have in the community that we serve um, uh, food deserts. And so right now the, the poverty factor is coming into play. The lack of uh, equity when it comes to resources is coming to play. Um, the food choices, um, the ability to exercise and have those convenient types of um, things that are available and affordable to uh, the community, those things are there. And so when you start thinking about, um, I, I remember the book and reading the book of Tipping Point, and, and it seems like we are really in that tipping point of that you have a pandemic that then meets the comorbidities of population. And then you have 
all of that happening at once and not being able to react now um, because we didn't prepare probably the way we, we needed to prepare. We got to get ahead of this somehow. We have to think about the future and what we can do when we're coming out. And so I am uniquely positioned to be understanding of that, being, um, you know, relating to um, the community that we're serving. And um, I feel fortunate to be where I'm at right now um, to be able to try to link the, the chain to ensure that our community is safe, the, the Michiganders are safe, and the world is safe at this time. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned a number of um, issues there, um, the um, underlying conditions that often go along with poverty, um, the um, maybe mistrust or about um, vaccines and things like that, but also um, the food deserts, but also um, issues that uh, many, many people had their water turned off in, in Detroit. Uh, you know, that um, this is also directly related to poverty. And so when you're talking about washing hands constantly, when you don't have even have water in your house, gigantic issue. And uh, also um, access to, to healthcare, mm -hmm. uh, to ongoing healthcare, um, yes. a giant issue related to this as well. I believe it's all related to at-risk people. You will burn yourself out if you try to go at this alone. And sometimes that's what people think they have to do but picking up the phone and talking to the universities that we've aligned with, we, we maximize and leverage our ability to do more. Um, picking up the phone and talking to some of the leaders in the community like pastors and organizations, we maximize the resources that we have. That's the effort that we have to do. Um, that's what we, what's needed during this time and everyone can do something. Everyone can do something. You know, they say a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And that's what you're asking people to do. Um, summarize for us how people can help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can help first with your time. You know, once we start this six degree of separation campaign, checking in saves lives, you'll be able to do your part from your home, um, being able to pick up the phone, call the people that you are familiar with first and then reach out to some people you haven't spoken to in a while because you never know what they're dealing with. Um, you never know what they're lacking. And so just the call to say you're caring for them will be a great um, a step that you could do. We also know um, from our organizational standpoint, you can donate right now. You know, we have frontline workers. Um, we know that our cash flow um, will start to dry up in that uh, July, August timeframe. We are um, praying that people will see and understand the significance of what we do in the community serving as a hub and we'll be able to donate now um, to be able to support. I don't care if it's a penny um, or a million dollars. <laughs> we need right now to be able to continue doing the work that we do um, as frontline um, servers of the community. And you'll also have a chance to purchase a shirt, which will not just benefit the nonprofit Detroit Police Athletic League, but also benefit the small business in Creative Tea. Right now, we're not concerned about what's gonna to happen to PAL. It's bigger than PAL, it's about saving lives. We believe things will happen uh, the way they're purposed to happen. We're becoming stronger during this. We're becoming more resilient. We're becoming more efficient. And I believe never um, in, in a time in history uh, will we be able to look back um, in our lifetime to say, what did you do to make a difference when it was needed most? How did you go beyond yourself? And this is an opportunity to go beyond yourself and really make your dash significant in my belief. Well said, Rob Jamerson, CEO of Detroit PAL. Uh, Godspeed to you, uh, your fantastic team, uh, and to the families you serve.
Thank you for joining us at Powering Up. Be safe, be kind, wear a mask and gloves if you absolutely must go out, and be as generous as you can. This is a test of our willingness to love our neighbors as ourselves. I'm Ann Doyle. Let's all go power up.